to Chris Mueller. Passes it back to the pocket for Urso. Looking for Pereira and is well cut off by Columbus. It comes back to Orlando. Urso shoots, he scores! She's a target here. The Dirty Howard goes right that way! And it is in! Off the bench, into the back of the net. Orlando! Game on! Hello, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back to the Orlando Soccer Show. It's time to talk Orlando soccer, as we do every week. Orlando City won. The Orlando Pride drew. UCF... They did things, and Rollins, big upset for them as well. So, a lot of stuff to talk about, and to do it with me, Brad Newton and Kyle Foley. hey <laughs> I'm here with lots of energy, as great, always. Great, great start. Great start. And as always, I'm Austin David. So, let's begin right off the bat. We're not even going to spend any time going inside baseball with anything. We're just going to go straight into it. Orlando City won against the Columbus Crew 3-2. to two. It probably should have been more. but Yeah, I would probably say 4-2. to two. Yeah, it, one, I, I mean, there's a, there's, one, a lot, there's a lot you could say. One very uh, notable one. Hey, we're going to get right into uh, – if we're going to get right into it, let's get right into my favorite part of the show. Oh boy, um, Kyle Austin, what was the XG for Orlando City against Columbus? Uh, huh. I'll let you go first. This is according to our friends at Footbob. I like the okay. Does the own goal that Antonio Carlos scored no. count? No, it doesn't. It's not calculated, and definitely not against it. Not against or for Orlando. So no, but is not... it for or against Columbus? Well, that's not the question I'm asking. I'm asking okay. for Orlando City. Uh... What was their XG on the match? One. Okay, Kyle. I'm gonna go one point seven five. Um. Well, uh, Austin was super close. One point one. Huh. Okay. Um, you want to you want to take a guess at to what shot or opportunity had the highest xg? I'm gonna go ahead and for- say uh, Tesho Akindeli's miss in the 84th minute. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Go ahead and point- say what like a 50 percent chance that he was gonna score yep. that. Yep. Point yep. five two. So yeah, it either was or wasn't gonna go in, and uh, yeah, it didn't. It did. So um, otherwise, Orlando City had a. <clears throat> Um, well, it's going to be, what, 0.68 XG mm. when you take away Tesho's miss there. And they scored three goals. And they scored three goals. Yeah, I'll take it. What, okay, so if, if Orlando's was 1.1. Science is a liar sometimes. <laughs> sometimes it is. If Orlando's was 1.1, Columbus must be, like, 0.9. Point nine six. Oh, yep, yep. And the their their best opportunity was the the goal that they had. So the, 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 yeah, the, the one goal. They, the one goal that they scored themselves. So yeah, um, that was a point four one from Barry in the fifty fourth minute. Mm. Um, all said and done, uh, yeah, Orlando City still wouldn't have had the better XG. <laughs> In this match. Alright, so let's let's break this let's break crew. this down very quickly here. If we're looking at it from the last eh, month, let's say from the, the end of July, that five nothing loss bikes. to the New York City FC. Fucking thing sucks. Every game has been decided by one goal since then. Hey, uh Austin, I don't know if you know this about this show, but I've been saying that a lot this entire season yeah. that Orlando city wins one goal games. I know exclusively. I know. That's why I'm bringing it up is because if you go back even to the beginning of the season, the only times they've won by two goals or more have been those San Jose games. And that Cincinnati game way back in May and June. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. That's the only games that have been decided by 
more than one goal. Well, actually, hey, I lied. It's so that's where that's that's where that seven goal differential comes into play, right? Yeah. And uh, they only have playoff teams left to play the rest of the year, and FC Cincinnati. Hmm. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Well, guys, there's there's 12 games left in the season, and somehow Orlando is still currently second, tied with Nashville in points, but has one more win. They're, God, if that's <laughs> they're, they're, I mean, here's the crazy thing. In the in the Eastern Conference, they have 10 wins. They're only one of three teams that have 10 or more wins. In the Western Conference, there's four teams with 10 or more wins. There's a team with 16 wins in the, the Eastern Conference. So. Yeah, well, no one's catching New England. No. That's that's the, the unfortunate part. They're 10 points ahead of Seattle right now. Mm-hmm. And they just got everybody back healthy. Yay! Speaking of getting people healthy daryl dk he's healthy looked pretty good looks pretty good pretty 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 good here's the thing though outside of that moment of brilliance that he had where he scored his goal you want to take a guess stat how many touches daryl dk had roughly in the game total um, I mean, it's not, it's not seven. Hmm. That's an interesting. He had seven, t- like in that possession on its, its own. Yeah. Um, I, I know. I'm just, I'm just, did you expect a serious answer from me? I apologize. I mean, kind of vibe. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's not fair. Cause I, I actually did see the number, but when I was looking at, when I was looking at the, the, the game log for this, so. Right, well, tell me. 23. Yep. Yep. A whole 23 touches. Yeah. Oh, boy. Here's the thing with that. Looks bad. Understandably so. It is bad. But that's not anything against Daryl DK. No, no, that's not against DK. No. Because he's really getting, like, the final few touches of a, of a set piece or run of play anyway, so... Right, and here's the other thing. The service to him, eh, it wasn't all that great. They went with a very attacking lineup, and for like the first half, they were the better side. Uh-huh. They just weren't finishing chances. You know, they had, out of the 12 shots they had in the game, five of them were on target. Three of them went in. Yeah, and then it's weird because I mean we've kind of seen this in the last few games. The Orlando City's opponent, when they make their their substitutions, that's when Orlando starts to sort of fade a bit. Is is when the other team gets sort of fresh legs on, uh, because for whatever reason, Orlando City likes to make their subs kind of later in the game. It's it's kind of the mentality of you don't want to upset the apple cart if it's working. Right. Yeah, no, I, I totally get that. Um, in Orlando City, I mean, uh, Columbus only made one change before Orlando City made two. Uh, they made Orlando City made a double switch, bringing Nani off from Marisa Pereira and uh, Sylvester Vanderwater off for Benji Michel um, hmm. in the 57th minute. But, but prior to that, um, the crew brought on Williams for Ketia. And so... Um, for yeah. Oh, Keita. yeah, Keita, but Keita, Keita. got tr- Keita. he was the one who got yeah. trucked by DK. Yeah, like right. he was not having a good he game. He was not yeah, no, 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 no. Keita was not having a good game. Josh Williams came on and that was basically that. Uh but if you look at it like the last couple matches, uh City will sort of hold off on making substitutions and meanwhile their opponent sort of comes back into the game just by virtue of making subs before Orlando City does. Yeah, but if look at who they had on the bench for those games for Orlando City. Right. Like it's not it's they not. didn't have a bench. No. They were starting guys for their first ever MLS starts. Uh-huh. Like Joey Desart had started like once or twice before that point and is now the starter because they have nobody else 100% healthy. No. And then 
you're also you don't have any depth on the bench for those get, guys because all the other guys are injured. Carlo Aguilera, another guy who's making some of his first yeah. appearances for Orlando City, who is getting some minutes in late in games. Yeah, um, yeah, and we're I not mean, even talking about the goalkeeper situation right now. We could. <laughs> you know what? Why why don't we right now? Mason Stadahar, who's undefeated in his Orlando City career, had surgery on his knee and is now out for an undetermined amount of time. Yep. Yeah, so he tore his uh, meniscus in his left knee. Who knows when? It is potentially he tore it when they were playing Chicago and he went down for the, the couple minutes that they were checking him out and he just played through it. And then they did a scope on his knee, and they're like, "Oh, you you tore something here. Let's fix that." Um, but we don't realistically know when he tore it, and so because of that, uh, <laughs> that's all we can say about it. it. He's out, and Pedro Galese is still out with Peru. So coming into the game against Columbus, they had one healthy goalkeeper in Adam Grinwis, who was. Just signed a couple months ago. He's been training with the team ever since March. But he's only officially been with the team for like a month and a bit. Uh-huh. Uh, so, not great. <clears throat> not great, all things considered. No. And then because of Mason being out and Adam being the only healthy goalkeeper, they had to sign the MLS pool goalkeeper, which just so happened to be former Orlando City goalkeeper Greg Ranjitsing. I thought that was hysterical considering we just talked about him last week. Yeah, yeah, we sure did. He was the fourth goalkeeper on Philadelphia. Willed that into existence. Here is something even crazier. Philadelphia didn't even know that they had released Greg Ranjitsing. (laughs) Would you? Would I? (laughs) Did did he? He knew. He knew. And, And some people in the team knew, but their communications team didn't know. Congratulations to Orlando Soccer Show starting goalkeeper Greg Ranjitsing. <laughs> Backed up by Brent Petkus. Is Brent Petkus the backup? Or he's, is he our, he's the he's the third. He's like we, we I would have say a, we have a we have a, a, a Lisa Frank binder as our second string goalkeeper. <laughs> that's just I was gonna suggest you, Brad. Brent, oh, Brent was no, originally no, no, no. No. Brent was originally the backup. He is out on loan to I ISIS need, FC. I need a I need a much smaller net, a much smaller uh, object to score with, and ideally, uh, everyone is standing on top of tiny swords on a sheet of ice. <laughs> and even oh, then, and, and you have a big stick. Yeah, hey. and even then, your results may vary. Um, Fair enough. Shout out to the University of Miami, who I shut out 3-0 in 2008, though. You guys fucking suck. <laughs> One of the many sports they suck at. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. That they do. They want uh, Bama. You, can't, you, guys, you guys can't see it. Not anymore, they don't. Uh, you guys can't see it, but I'm currently uh, doing a, a U down. Anyway, um, getting the band back together. How about that? Are we doing this? Will Johnson, welcome back. Oh God, it's a really shitty band. Yeah, it's not. It's not good. Like we're not getting a good band back together. No. no hey, no, 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 Adam no, no. Grinwis is good. Uh, Greg Grandritzing is also ser- good. Uh, I'd say serviceable. We're definitely getting. Yeah. Um, yeah, we're being a little too generous with the usage of the word "good." They may not be yeah, bad. Yeah, words start to but lose that doesn't make them you, good. Do that. Uh, we're basically getting MGMT back together. Like yeah okay I'll listen to this, but I'm not gonna like, say yeah it's you like, you you remember them it's just like were they good were they yeah. bad like do you remember them outside of three different songs, right? Like they have that one song that keeps getting played over and over again and that's basically hey, Adam Grinwist in his U.S. That, Open Cup game. That's more than any of us will ever be remembered for. Yeah, it's uh, welcome uh, to dark depressing thoughts brought to you hey, by Kyle. Hey, speak for yourself. Brad and I were on Fox. Yeah. We were on Fox. True. Um, I've I once uh, extraditionally pooped in Russia. Um, <laughs> Get any details on that off air? <laughs> off air. I, I mean, it's a, it's fine. I can tell. I can tell. No, no, story I just now. I just mean I just mean I just mean not to waste time. So uh, when Austin I was doesn't... when I was uh, my uncle lives in Alaska. When I was twelve, we took a we took a boat across the the channel and I pooped in Russia. That was it. <laughs> now I 
know why I would like to go to Alaska. My poop's gone, so, dude. It's so, like not that was like not for your. I de- <laughs> two de- it was like two decades ago. Jesus Christ! I want to go to leave my own poop. I don't want to find yours. Oh, yeah. Well, <laughs> all right. So ba- back to that Orlando City team we've been talking about. Oh, right then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Moving on from Russian speaking poop. of poop, I also I, I I had brought this up in our little chat. It was very funny that. The week after, we are very vocally like, hey, Orlando's really strong defensively. That's really surprising. It's just offensively that Orlando's weak. And then apparently they listened and went, oh, oh right. we've got to make them sound really fucking stupid. So I mean, let's, sc- let's score goals and then let's also give up shitty goals. I mean, uh, but here's the thing, right? If that's if that own goal doesn't happen, that's that's like three one. That's still a pretty good win. That'd be only be what their third double digit double score win of the year. Did I just make up a term? Double score win. Double score win. It, it would like be double. The, it would be double the score. It'd be triple the score. But um, oh, a baby, margin of victory triple. by more than one. Yeah, but it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Because no. we allowed a goal and then scored an own goal and then got rescued Other way around, by yeah. you you know what I meant. We 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 did score it, it just gave them the point. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I I don't think there was anything Antonio Antonio Carlos really could have done. I mean No, I just I just find it funny that the victory in this game was was secured by our ability to score goals and play good offensively the week after we talked about how the club wasn't doing that i just found it quite ironic i mean i and will I'll say it. i will say urso's goal was like a really good goal didn't exactly <laughs> have a didn't exactly have a high chance of going in i mean neither vandervaters but yeah i mean vandervaters was kind of just like an awkward bounce that Mueller ran onto and then just didn't touch uh-huh. but hey it works Speaking of goals, you want to hear something crazy? The Americans only scored one against Canada. Well, that's pretty crazy. We're not going to talk much about the U.S. because and, and remind me again, how many did uh, Canada score against the U.S.? Also one. Who who scored that goal? <laughs> that that was the most painful part. It wasn't that Canada was... scored one; it was who scored. Kyle Laren. Ah, yes, yes. To be fair, there were three former Orlando City players on the field for Canada. Yeah, yeah. Wait, is, who's that being fair to? Um, that three former Jason Orlando, Price. that three former Orlando City players held up uh, the U.S. Men's National Team. Sure, I, I guess that's good for Orlando? Question mark. No, because they gave up on all. Well, yeah. they didn't give up on Kyle. Kyle kind of, kind of left. He, he went his own way. They gave up on Richie, and then they also gave up on Kamal, which. It turns out was they probably should probably, have protected probably him have and not him. protected Mateus Ayas. Yeah. Let's re- let's remind you that they protected Mateus Ayas and Alexander Alvarado. And remind me again, where is Mateus Ayas now? Spain. Yeah. Second division Spain. Probably yeah. never coming back here. Probably never coming back. Alexander Alvarado is not getting much playing time either. He's like uh-uh. a five minutes at the end of the game guy. And um, Kamal Miller right now. Um currently an everyday starter in uh, Montreal? Yep. He's played mm. incredibly well this season, too. Mm. 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 Yeah. That's not the stat I was going to throw at you, though. I was actually going to throw out the fact that Daryl DK scored his third goal of the season. You know why that is relevant? Because he hasn't played very much? He's played in, like, two games? Because it's that is three correct. more goals than Pato has scored. That is also correct. Uh, he's played in six games, and wow. he scored three goals. So he scored a goal every other game he's played in this year. The crazy stat that I'm bringing up is not only for him, but also Vandervater. He scored his third goal. They both have more goals than Chris Mueller this season now. Remember that time where like he had like four points in four games, and I was like, oh, man, maybe he's really fine in his form. And then he was like, oh, Brad said that? I'm going to make him look stupid. You know, while I do that the players listen to our show. I'm pissed now. I really hate 
that they listen to our show to then go and make us look dumb. Yeah. It's a shame. I mean, these these things happen. We just have to own up to it. No, 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 no. If there's uh. anything I've learned, you deflect, you say things very loudly and very confidently, and then you're good. Okay. Where does Kyle Foley go to get his apology? Yeah, exactly. Hey, I've never killed 300 Floridians in a day. And not for lack of trying. I mean... <laughs> huh. Whoa. Okay. All right. Huh. All right, Brian Kelly. <laughs> <laughs> so, anyway, uh, yeah. If you Also, if you count Antonio Carlos, that own goal, he's put more balls in the back of the net than Chris Mueller has as well. Fair. If you do count it as a negative, though, then he's he's one behind Chris Mueller. Also, he's actually tied. Also, he has two goals this season. Also fair, because the center back being only one goal behind you, um, probably not something to hang your hat on. No, but that's Hib's problem now. He's going. Enjoy Scotland. You know, it would be crazy if, like, the way he is, his season ends here. Hibbs just goes like, you know what? Never mind. Like, could could it happen? I I don't think so. I I don't either. But but uh, in the spirit of yes and, um, <laughs> I'm gonna say yeah. I mean, the Hibs are in first place still. Uh, having again four they, matches. They, they heard they heard they they heard Gavin talk shit about them, and they're like, you know what? Hibs and Hearts are both in first place right now, a whole point ahead of Rangers. And oh boy, Celtic, are you guys shitting the bed at only six points? Yikes. I mean, who loses to... I mean, well, they lost to Rangers. Um, (laughs) uh, But they also lost to Hearts. So they lost to Hearts in the opener. In a match where they had 74% of possession, they lost 2-1. By the way, can we talk about Junior Urso's goal real quick? Yeah, I just said it was great like two minutes ago. No, but what time it was scored in. Yeah, it's really nice. (laughs) Yeah. Damn it, I should have said it was really nice. And waited for you guys to catch up on it. We did not. Damn. We missed it. I blame Gavin. Yeah, yeah fair, fire Gavin. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Fire Gavin, who is uh, currently doing labor on Labor Day. He clearly missed the memo. Technically, we are too. Oh, there's no labor here. Oh. Nobody, nobody here does. Nobody on the show does any work whatsoever. Speak for yourself. That was the joke. <laughs> work of uh, value. Yeah, sure. All right. Well, let's talk about Tesho really quickly. Bad. Um, Actually bad. Yeah. Has been. The, the man for just For several has, matches. He, he, I think the game against Miami threw his confidence for a loop. Man's got the yips. Yeah. Yeah. Man's has got And, and the here's yips. the thing. Like, he's been starting for most of the last month or so. Like he's been serviceable enough as as basically your third string striker, who's been starting. But now that Daryl's starting, he's lost his starting spot. Now that Daryl's scoring, he's not playing as much. And then when he comes in, he misses. Yeah, like it's just a, a combination of things that have just gone really bad for him. Plus, the fans hate him. Like he's their scapegoat for when Orlando loses it's like ah oh, it's all tesha's fault send him into the sun yeah it's like dude come on yeah openly calling for him to be transferred into the mouth of an active volcano is a bit much <laughs> jesus i really i feel for him i feel for him and i hope he can shut up the haters soon 
Yeah, I mean, if he can, that's good for us because he's still on the team. Yeah, I mean, for now, the thing with Daryl DK right now, like at the end of this season, he will most likely be sold somewhere. Yeah. Um, I've heard Crystal Palace, West Brom, all trying to get an idea of how much he'll be. I know that the former ownership did not want to sell him. The new ownership is more open to it. Well, yeah, if you just spent a bunch of money on a team, getting some kind of return back for it would um, be good. Would be nice, yeah. Thing is, like, they're going to have to find a a good replacement for for Daryl because you've seen what this team is without him and what this team is with him. And it is a very stark difference. That said, though, are are the is new ownership really going to be looking to to make that? I I have I have right heard away? I have heard that they are. Okay, well, I mean that's fair. I mean it wasn't. It, yes, owning an NFL team does mean you make a lot of money, but um, NFL teams are also losing. Um, uh, well, not losing, uh, not making the same amount of revenue that they used to make right now. So mm-hmm. I guess any sort of millions you can make in a yeah. deal uh yeah you'll probably go after that by the way i would like to point out something um st- statistically accurate here um daryl dk in the games that he has played this year his first game back was a 3-2 win against toronto where they scored three goals his second game was the 5 nothing win against San Jose, where they won pretty handily, and he scored two goals. Then he went to Miami, and they scored two goals in a 2-1 win. Um, he did start that 2-1 loss against New York Red Bulls. And I think he was gone for the uh 3-1 loss against Chicago so after that point it was all gone but the first three games he was back subbed in for Toronto they won subbed in for the San Jose game they or started for the San Jose game they won started for the Miami game they won started for the Red Bulls game they lost and then you go all the way down he came in for the Inter-Miami game they drew and then they won three to two and every other game in between is basically either a loss or a one nothing win or a one one draw. And I I'm not even joking. There there is like nothing in between. There's literally it's all one nothing, one one, one nothing, loss, two one loss, three one loss, five nothing loss, two one win. Oh, there's the two one win against Philly. That was the outlier. Uh-huh. But again, it just shows how much Daryl DK means to this team offensively. It's not just because he's scoring goals. It's just because he's there on the field. He makes an impact while he's not touching the ball and also when he is touching the ball. It's the mark of a good striker is when defenses actually key in on you and allow other players to get work done. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing this match and seeing the early work that like an offense that has Nani, Vanderbilt, and DK all working together like it early on it looked pretty convincing Mm. uh one of the one of the trademarks from earlier this season that i think some people sort of forgot about was orlando was scoring goals early in matches like really early Mm -hmm. in matches Mm -hmm. um there was a match against fc cincinnati that it was two nil for the 20th minute and that was like the third game of the season i believe yeah um and also Cincinnati's bad. Yeah, also Cincinnati's bad. Um, but th- that's beside the point, is that there were, I mean, um, I want to say, um, not that one Kansas City they scored kind of late in, but I mean, it's not, it wasn't the only match where that sort of happened or where they scored early. I, I want to say, um, yep. Uh, DC United where they won 1-0 uh, Risa Pereira scored in the 7th minute um, getting getting on the board early was sort of a, a thing for Orlando uh, the 1-0 win against uh, Toronto FC 
Tesha scored in the 12th minute. So it had happened a fair amount of times earlier this year where they would just get on the board. Uh, the 2-3 win against uh, Toronto, uh, they scored, it was 2-0 in the 8th minute. Yeah. Uh, then it was 2-2 by the 39th. So, you know, whatever. But um, it, it's one of those things where that was that was the hallmark of sort of Orlando games early on was getting early goals. And that's sort of dried up here a bit as the season has gone on. Like it's it, it, especially in these one these games where they win by one goal, it, it's kind of been harder to see them look threatening offensively. And so yep. with with those three guys there clicking together and sort of getting back into a rhythm like we saw them get into against Columbus, it's you're probably going to you'd like to see some more results. I didn't, I'm not going to say probably there, but you'd definitely like to see that sort of return. And I mean, I, 26 and scoring in 26th minute and 29th minute. Yeah, that I mean, that is fairly early, I would say, in a, in a match. I mean, you're still kind of growing into it in that first half hour, I'd say. Like the first third of a match, sort of figuring out things a little bit. Mm. So, you know, to get up 2-0 is nice, but, you know, maybe maybe seeing some flashes of that come back would be better. Especially against yes. a team like Atlanta that is suddenly finding its form again. Eh, to an extent, yes. I mean... I would say... Uh, they, before the match against Nashville, they did win four in a row. Yeah, but that was under their uh, old Orlando City legend, Rob Valentino. Then their new coach took over, and they lost 2 nothing To Nashville, who are probably the the sleeper team of the year i would say yeah they don't they don't score a lot well actually they scored more than orlando but then they've also had like five nothing games that they've won orlando has not nashville in the last three three one two nil one one five two so they they do a fair amount more scoring of late than orlando has done that is true that is very true and it's in atlanta Yep. In and prime Me- time on a Friday. And Megatron's butthole. Yeah, Megatron's butthole. So, very quickly, uh, we'll talk about who is actually going to be there for that game because injury reports. Wee, hey. All right. Well, uh, Sebas Mendez and Pedro Galese are still going to be out on international duty. Pato, well, he's just he's just not. He's not anywhere. Still he wasn't even at training today. Zone. Yeah. Guys, I have a feeling that uh, Pato is just not all he's quacked up to be. That was painful. Get out of here. That was not. (laughs) Fire Austin. Brother, this guy stinks! I deserve that. I'm fully, fully aware of what I just said. Yeah, 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 I know. Anyway. Uri Rossell um, is available. He was on the bench for this past game. Uri is available. Andres Perea, he was also available on the bench. He didn't end up coming in in the Columbus game, but he was there if needed, just in case. Um, Mauricio Pereira came in in the 59th minute and played a big factor in, you know, creating a lot of offensive chances. So it was good to see that he's getting back in. Basically begged Oscar Pereja, after, before the game, he said, hey, I want to play. Let me play. So they're like, all right, go play. And they actually got to give Nani a little bit of a rest because he was, outside of that assist to DK, which was kind of like he didn't know much about it, he wasn't too effective against Columbus. And we'll see how he goes against Atlanta, but I hate I hate to think that as they're coming down the stretch, he's starting to hit a wall like he does every year. Yeah, I mean, we've we've sort of taken note of Nani and how he sort of fades a bit down the stretch. But, I mean, his last match was against FC Cincinnati. I mean, his last goal was against FC Cincinnati. Um, it's been, I mean, yeah. I mean, the, the, thing, the thing with Nani, and, and this is what I find crazy. So they did, like, the whole uh, MVP front runners 
as of right now. He's and Nani was not on the list. Yeah. And I kind of find that wild because there were guys on that list that had not as many goals and not as many assists in more games. Like Nani scored nine goals and seven assists in 18 games. Right. His first year when he played 30 games, he was 12 and 10. He's now nine and seven through 18. Like arguably to this point, he's having, he's having the best career year that he's had in MLS. Isn't that wild? Yeah. It's hard to, it's hard to say who I think probably has a better chance of winning over him. I mean, Bo is probably my, one of my Kamara, Ola Kamara, probably another one. Um, I don't know. I wouldn't necessarily say Ola Kamara. I'd say maybe like a Christian Roldan or something. Yeah. I think he's been pretty good. Uh, Daniel Shallowy, Raul Diaz, Carlos Hill. I mean, Car- Carlos Hill, he's got like a ridiculous number of uh, assists this year. He's 11. got, I think, 15. Um, according to FootMob, it's 11. So. Yeah, but MLS counts the hockey assists, so it's 15. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, yeah. I'm not, I'm but not looking still, at But still, 11 assists just without hockey assists is pretty impressive because I think a lot of assists that like Sasha Kleschen had when he set the record was all hockey assists. Huh. Yeah, it was also, his... it was also, he's also created you know more more big chances, more key matches per, per match. Yeah, he has um, 54 key passes this year, and the next closest player has 32. Yeah. Um, he's like third. Kind of li- crazy. Third in the league with uh, successful dribbles per match. That's pretty good. If, if there's another player that, that definitely you could you know make, who a, I would make say, a pretty solid case for it. So. You know who I would say are Dark Horse MVP candidates? Who? Andre Blake for Philly. Oh, you got a keeper winning MVP. Okay. Like I said, Dark Horse and Antonio Carlos. Antonio Carlos. I mean, Antonio Carlos is one of the big reasons why Orlando City has been a good defensive team, you know, outside of the game last week. I mean, that's interesting. I don't, I mean, center, dude, I don't, I don't really know historically if center backs are really usually considered for MVP. They're not. No, at the very least, a best 11 nod. But yeah. that's why I say he's a dark horse candidate. At least he's, you know, he should be in the mentions of of people. It's like, I mean, it's like, it's like seeing if uh, a defensive back is ever going to make it, is ever going to be MVP in the NFL. It's like probably not, but. No. I mean, you had like a Brian Erlacher who was probably close a to defen- that. A defensive back could, could win MVP, but like a. You're more often you're more often going to find an offensive player that's going to win it because yeah, it, that award is more off for offensive players. Sure, but if you get a D back that gets like 20 interceptions in a season, they're going to win. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah of course, of course. This is saying like it is it, it could happen. You will never see an offensive or defensive lineman win it. I mean, only two defensive players have ever won it in the NFL. That's why I say that. Right, Lawrence Taylor in 1986 being the last one. But again, we'll we'll revisit that maybe in the next six games or so once things kind of settle down. But again, Atlanta Friday, big game. I think it's going to be one that uh, Orlando really needs to to win realistically. Yeah, I mean, just looking at the table right now, I mean they're level on points with Nashville and only four points clear of NYCFC. Um, the, the playoff race is pretty tight. It's, it's eight points difference between, uh, second place with Orlando city and seventh in DC United. Um, so yeah, with, with what, 12 games left, um, you definitely, it's not, it's still way too early to sort of lock in those playoff plans, but, um, if they're able to keep the pace that they're at, they should be in. Yeah, should be. And I mean they've they've been at or around second place for most of the year, so Right. And and the big thing for right now is just 
those games down the stretch against New England, Nashville, Montreal, uh, like those are going to be the I big, mean, big ones that they need to get results in. And especially when you're on the road, because that, that September 25th game in New England, oh. I mean, they, they have like, think about it. The next three games, because you're, you're playing a Wednesday, Sunday against Montreal and Philly. Uh-huh. And the Philly game is in Philly. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the the schedule, you have Atlanta and you have Atlanta coming up, and then Columbus is the last match of the season, and those two teams are, are very much in the playoff hunt right now. Hmm. Um, FC Cincinnati is really your only match where it's not against the playoff team mm-hmm. to close out the season. So it's a long stretch from here to October twenty seventh. Well, the, there's two games after the 27th. There's Nashville and Montreal. Oh. The Nashville game is at home. That's the last home game of the season. And then you have Montreal at Stade Saputo. Which, again, two more playoff teams. Yep. But as of right now, Orlando City is eight points ahead of the last team in the playoff spot. It's not a lot. All it no. takes is, is them to drop two or three games and DC to win two or three games or Montreal to win two or three games. And all of a sudden you've switched places and all of a sudden Orlando city is in seventh. It doesn't take much. Which is why some of these games are going to be extremely important down the stretch. And you're just lucky you're getting some of these guys back that are healthy. Now getting Sebas Mendes back, getting Pedro Galese back, getting DK back, getting Pereira back. They're going to be vitally important for this end-of-the-season run. All right, with that, we spent 45 minutes on Orlando City on a, on its own. Let's talk about I, Orlando Pride. I feel bad for whoever has to edit this thing. <laughs> um, yeah, Pride definitely played a match against the Dash. Uh, we, that, was, that was definitely the, a game that took place. The benefit of talking about the Pride right now is similar to Orlando City in the beginning of the season, they're just, it's the same thing every week. They did a, a thing, though. They did a pride thing from, like, when they're bad pride. To give up that one goal to Houston. But, I mean, they've done that, like, but that's not the first time we've seen them give no, no, up no, no, a no. bad goal this I, year. I'm not, I'm not saying that, I'm just saying they haven't done it in a while. Um, like, it's been a minute since they've had a, a just absolutely shocking mistake. And, and Allie Riley, I, I feel like she didn't know much about it. She just took a really bad touch, and it literally fell perfectly for Rachel Daly, who was just running onto the ball. I mean, didn't that happen in the Spirit game, like, two weeks ago? Not as bad. Not as bad. That was that was Kylie Strom literally, like, trying to clear it. This one wasn't a clearance. It was just a ball got away from you. But anyways, the point of the matter is the Pride battled back. You bring in Taylor Korniak, who literally comes in and scores. She came in in the 74th, scored in the 79th. First goal at home for her as well. Couldn't ask for more. Well, you could have. She could have asked for a second goal, but it's neither here nor there. Uh, One big thing to note, though, and this is something we should keep an eye on, Ashlyn Harris had to come off in the 67th minute for Aaron McLeod. Official status is that she is in concussion protocol and she will be monitored for their next game, which is against Racing Louisville on the 11th. I could honestly see just for the sake of them being overly cautious with her, she doesn't play that game even if she's cleared concussion protocol. I think they save her for their next game, which, to be fair, like they play on the 11th. And their next game isn't until the 26th. So they've got a whole, basically, like, week to figure that out with her. Or two weeks, because they don't play the week of the 13th. So I think they just take it. I, I think Aaron starts, Brittany Wilson backs up, and they go with that against Racing Louisville. Who, again, not not great. They're, 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 their whole situation is also not great. No. Like, no. when you have to terminate your coach for cause, that's bad. bad. That's bad. That's bad. like bad, bad, bad. Yeah. I was almost kind of expecting that when they when they let go of Christy Holly that 
James O'Connor would just take over. I mean, does James O'Connor like? I mean, that's. Mm. Anyway, it, it, it's it's a weird situation. They've got their one of their youth academy system coaches serving as the interim. Mm-hmm. So now is the time to to not you know maybe give some of these players a rest for the pride, and maybe get Alex Morgan back on the field. But if she doesn't make it back this week, I think she plays against O.L. Reign in two weeks. Yeah, that's that's sort of my guess is where she comes back. Yep. I mean, depending on what happens at training, of course. But, I mean, it's, it's, that's probably the more likely outcome if she comes back against the Reign. Yeah, I would I would say that's probably. Here's the thing. I, I would expect her to be back at the very least by the Reign game. But I could also see a lot more from her in the Louisville game just to give her a run maybe just on the bench coming out for 20 minutes because yeah. like when you're when if you if you're up to nothing and you go here's Ashlyn or here's Alex Morgan you know go out and, and get a run in like that's good this way you don't have to go against the current third best team in the NWSL with a not 100% Alex Morgan so we'll see Pride have, well, I mean, talk about how little Orlando City have left. The Pride have even less. They have six games, including this game on Racing Louisville this weekend. That's it. I mean, they they have, okay, so you're at home against Racing. You're away for OL Reign. You're away for Chicago. You're home against Gotham. You're away against Racing, and then you're home against Chicago to end the season. Which those two last games aren't terrible. The, the Louisville game is pretty good to, to have your final away game for. And it, you know what's really weird? Especially over the last couple of games. The Pride have actually played better on the road than they have at home. Like, think about this. Since Becky Burley has taken over. And her, her first game uh, that she took over was that July 31st game, if I'm not mistaken. That was a 1-1 draw against North Carolina in North Carolina. Then 2-0 in Chicago, 1-1 at home. Yep. 2-1 loss in Washington. Mm-hmm. 1-0 win. Uh, up at in, Gotham. At Gotham. And then 1-1 yeah. draw at home. So They haven't won at home since Becky Burley took over, but they've won twice on the road. Yeah, true. Matter of fact, the only like they've gotten points in, I think, what, four of their... How many has she coached? They've gotten points in four of their six games that she's coached. Or wait, five of their six. Draw, yeah, only, win, yeah, draw, she only has loss. One, she only has win, one loss, draw. and that was the one against. Yeah, the yeah so she's gotten so. points in five of their six games that she's coached. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. Pretty good. Yeah, getting getting results in, in as many games as she's been involved with the team with. That's mm-hmm. nothing to complain about. You'd definitely like to see them. I mean, we talked about the city. You definitely like to see them score more goals. That's. Yep, that'd be nice. That would be nice. They don't. They also don't have too many um, multiple goal victories. Right. Let's wrap up with some college soccer. Then we'll go into weird news and red cards. Sound good? Sounds, cool. Sounds good. Great. UCF. We'll start with the men. It hasn't been the greatest of starts for their season. They lost against FIU 4-0. Then they won against UNF 5-0. They're currently at the George Tarantini Classic, which is up in Raleigh, North Carolina, for a two-game set. By the time this show is out, actually out, the result of their game on Monday against North Carolina State will be in the books. As of right now, they're coming off a loss against Virginia Tech, who was the number 10 team in the nation, which was a 2-1 loss in a neutral site. We'll see what happens with the NC State game, and then they have one more non-conference game against Florida Gulf Coast, and then it's right into conference scheduling for their next uh, basically month, two months actually. They go from September 18th to November 5th in conference only. So these are the only non-conference games so far this season. Also, their game against NC State, they were without Luca Dorado, their leading goal scorer who was out due to a second yellow he got in the Virginia Tech game. 
So not great. You know who was great last night, though? The women's team. Coming off of losses to LSU and Ohio State, they bounced back, took on the number nine team in the nation in Penn State. Sorry, Kyle. And they beat them 2-1 to one after a two-and-a-half-hour weather delay. Kristen Scott scored both goals. Interesting note about Penn State as well. There's a pride draftee that's on Penn State, Carrie Bello. Got to see her play for the first time. Fairly impressed with her. I think she's going to most likely, if Orlando brings her in and actually signs her, she'll be a left back. And I think she'll be pretty good at that position. She is seemingly pro-ready. I do just want to note, while I am like a born and raised Penn State fan, uh, UCF being the school that has taken lots of my money, does take precedence. Mm. Like if they, if the two are playing, I am UCF first. Gotcha. So you're happy with this result? Yeah. Okay. All right. On to Rollins soccer. Rollins men. Their first game of the season was against the number six team in the nation in Wingate University. And for some reason, Rollins just loves playing at Wingate and playing against Wingate University because Wingate's good every year, and somehow Rollins always seems to beat them. So a one nothing goal from Mason Lamb, the former Orlando City B and former OC Academy player in the 86th minute was the uh, difference. It was a volley header uh, off a set piece. And Rollins College with a big upset to begin their season. They ended up drawing their second game in a 1-1 draw against Francis Marion University. Um, but now they are back at home on Friday, September 10th against the University of West Florida, who are currently 18th in the nation. Then they have one more out-of-conference game the next day, or two days from then, on Sunday the 12th, and then they're into conference play starting, it's on the 15th, Wednesday the 15th. And then Wednesday, Saturday from that point on. The women have had, well, they've gotten off to a rough start. 0-2 thus far, they lost to the University of West Alabama, one nothing, and the number two team in the nation, Mississippi College, 2-1. to Very good teams at a neutral site in Columbus, Georgia. Not reading too much into that. They've got four more games before they start conference, and one of them is against the number one team in the nation in Flagler. And that's going to be on Sunday, September 12th as well. That's an 11.30 a.m. kickoff, though. Is that like Flagler as in, like, Flagler County? Uh, No, it's in, like, San Augustine area. Oh, but still, like, a Florida... Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, the Flagler College is, is just North North Florida area. Yeah, it makes sense that it's not in the county named Flagler. No, no, no. That, it's in it's in actually St. Out. Augustine. Yeah, not confusing at all. There, there's like a historical thing with that. I forget what it I, is. No, I, I'm, I'm sure. Yeah. All right. So that's all I've got for college soccer. Uh, weird news and red cards, gentlemen. Who's got some good weird news? Um. Well, I just had one, but... Um, hmm... Kyle, do you have one? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, pizza okay. order to result in results in ja- pizza order to jail results in charges. God, that was a weird headline to read. Uh, according to a report, Pizza Hut donated the food to the sheriff's office that is seeking re- uh, restitution to be included in future court proceedings. Um, this is in Tennessee. Three persons, at least one while incarcerated, are charged with ordering nearly $225 worth of pizza and wings and placing the order in the name of a county employee. Um, one individual was arrested August 27th on a charge of theft of services up to $500. Uh, another was arrested the same day, uh, charges of conspiracy to commit theft of services up to $500. And yeah, uh, the incident occurred when someone placed an order with Pizza Hut for two hundred and twenty-four dollars and forty worth cents worth of pizzas and chicken wings for delivery to the Justice Center. When the delivery driver arrived at the jail, he was informed the man whose name was connected with placing the order was the county maintenance person for the jail and had not placed the order. Um, review the surveillance video shows, um, I guess. Uh, someone allowing another individual to make two calls one to 
um, one of one of which was to place the order. So uh, basically, a guy was placing bond and ordered pizzas to the jail as like a prank. <laughs> Respect. And it ended up getting more charges because of it. Oh, of course. So I've got one. Go for it. Um, this is quite a story. Uh, Dog the Bounty Hunter says he thought he had a pass to use the N-word, quote, like See, Eminem. See, I originally was going to go with that one, and then I uh, uh, did not want to. Just his his argument was that he has more black friends than Eminem. Uh-huh. And that was his... in, that, in that news story, what where does he say his pass to use it came from? Prison in 1979. Yeah. He didn't realize his pass from what he calls the Black Tribe. Yep. Had expired. There it is. That man is, uh, uh, how do you say? Big dumb. Piece of shit? Big dumb. <laughs> well, if he wants to start a pizza company, there's someone out there looking uh, for, for hired help. Um, so this actually is relevant towards Brad's pooping in Russia thing. So apparently there is a new sign set up in Norway. If you pee towards the port of Norway that faces Russia, you will be fined 3,000 kroner or more. And they have it. It's just like a, a, a lake area. And they have CCTV set up so that if you pee towards Russia, they will see you. What's the conversion to US dollars for that? I'm trying to debate if it's worth it or not. Uh, 3,000 kroner is equal to about 350 US dollars. So no, not worth it. It's close though. It's borderline. Because uh, I could also be there at the border peeing and then also say, man, I've got a massive kroner right now. <laughs> it's, a, it's a twofer. So apparently That's the, uh, really the area is super uh, popular destination for tourists and locals. It is a narrow road on the Norwegian side of the border. That places it directly on the riverbank and uh, signs along the road clearly tell visitors how to behave because Russia is watching. Say, yeah, say if I ever went there, there is absolutely no way I would misbehave. I mean, the the board, the the little land border that actually is part of Russia's land border is about uh, 197 kilometers, which is about 122 miles. It's not very big. But it also takes yeah. a while to get I, there. I would walk 500 miles, so that's nothing. Uh huh. And I would walk 500 more. This come so this this peeing towards Russia thing also comes because a yeah I want to know I want to know why it's like anytime they have like a, a a sign or a rule or whatever it's always because somebody did something so I would like to know the context here. Yeah. So basically, it, the, the the law reads that no offensive border uh, behavior along the border aimed at a neighboring state where its authorities are allowed. Uh, violators of the law can be punished with fines or jail for up to three months. Uh, many years ago, four people were detained by the border guards after throwing stones at Russia in the same area. Last winter, a woman put her left hand across the border to Russia, didn't touch it, just put her hand across the border towards it, and was fined 8,000 kroner, which is, what, about $700? So now now what I'm interested to, to know is then... So then she didn't cross a land border. She crossed an air border. Mm-hmm. So that's, that's debatable. My internet law degree says it's not how it works. <laughs> Fun fact, the, ba- the border is also NATO's northernmost land border with Russia. So anyways, Brad, you can poop in Russia, but you can't pee towards it. Yeah, uh, especially if you, until now, which I'm assuming the statute of limitations have ran up, uh, inform anyone that you've pooped in Russia, so... You can, when you're already in Russia, you can pee, especially you can make on the hotel in beds. Russia if you're of, already there. You can pee on the hotel beds of uh, self-proclaimed billionaires. <laughs> it's a little-known fact. That's kind of it's kind of it's kind of the trump card, if you will. Jesus. All right, red cards. I'm gonna go first because I forgot to mention this when I was talking about the pride or just NWSL in general. My red card is to NWSL for thinking that making the NWSL final in Portland at 9 a.m. was a good idea. Because 
you knew the players wouldn't go along with that willingly. They have been incredibly vocal about how dumb it is and how they feel disrespected by the decision. But they thought that announcing it at 9 a.m. local time would still be a good idea. So my red card is to NWSL for doing just that. Fair. Yeah. Hard to top that one. Um, So I'm not. I'm just going to play advantage to Mm -hmm. AEW's all-out pay-per-view that went on uh, Sunday night. Uh, We saw CM Punk wrestle Darby Allin in a match for the first time in like seven years. Um, We got to see... Uh, Kenny Omega and Christian Cage wrestled a pretty good match that saw the saw uh, debuting in AEW, uh, Adam Cole, Bebe, and uh, we got to see, oh man, one of my personal favorites, the return of the American Dragon, Brian Danielson. Um, Lucha Brothers had, I'm going to say, it's my personal favorite match of the night against the Young Bucks. Uh, that cage match was... Uh, absolutely insane. We also saw uh, debuting uh, Ruby Soho uh, in the uh, women's uh, battle royal. Uh, Dr. Britt Baker, she retained her AEW women's title as well. And uh, God's God's favorite champion, Miro, uh, defeated uh, Eddie Kingston. So hmm. those were probably, for me, the highlights of that show. Um, I didn't mention the MJF Chris Jericho match because we still don't know where Chris Jericho's wife was on January 6th, but also we kind of know. Okay. Uh, Kyle, do you have a red card? Yeah, I'm going to, I've got, I've actually got one of each. Uh, I'd like to play advantage to Mackenzie Milton, not for coming back and playing, Although that was really nice, and it was good to see as a, as a UCF fan. For those of you who don't know, Mackenzie Milton is a quarterback at UCF. Mm, he's quarterback for Florida knee State. injury. He said he was a quarterback for UCF. So we'll, we'll have an English lesson when we're done with this. So he was a quarterback for UCF when he suffered a gruesome leg injury to the point where they thought that him walking again would be a miracle. Uh, and then, obviously, recovered, was doing better, was not going to be the starting quarterback at UCF, so he transferred to the lesser school, Florida State, where he came in as the backup against Notre Dame. It was all very great. It was really cool. It was a great, you know, emotional story. It was fun, whatever. Uh, but, no, I'm playing advantage to him because he did just enough to make the world remember he's a great football player, but not enough to actually beat Notre Dame. So he managed to both give me joy in the fact that he was playing again and give me even more joy because – Florida State did not win a football game, and that kept my college football weekend pool alive for chances of winning because I guesstimated that the total combined score would be 79 points. So that was nice. Okay. And you said and you had a red, red card, card, yeah? Oh, people in movie theaters. <laughs> I saw I saw Shang-Chi before we recorded this today, and there were two different people's phones went off in the movie. The, peop- the family to the right of me belongs in a special segment of Guantanamo Bay, because the the theater has like the seat, the reclining seats and their kids kept like pushing them up and down and up and down the entire time. Of course, they were noisy seats. They were kicking the seats. At one point, they turned on their flashlight to find something and that took them about 45 seconds. And as someone who is like and they were talking the entire time. And so as someone who already has hearing difficulties, when there's extra noises going on, it's really hard for me to focus and catch things, so I missed a good chunk of the dialogue in the movie. Um, at least a lot of it was in Chinese and there were subtitles, so that stuff I was able to catch 100% of. But, yeah, it was, it was few things in the world make me angrier than people who don't know how to behave in a movie theater. Sit the fuck down. Shut the fuck up. That's all you have to do. All right. I agree. Anybody else have anything else to add before we call it a day? Uh, yeah, uh, UCF has a diploma mill for uh, Marriott uh, night managers. Wow, you've just insulted like three quarters of our audience. That's great. Uh, also, like, don't 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 those people make pretty good money? I gotta judge people for their career choices. If you get a degree from any college, you have done something not a lot of people have done in their lives. Yeah, plunged so. multiple tens of thousands of dollars for a piece of paper. Yes, exactly. At least we didn't produce Jameis Winston. Mm, yeah, but then where would you get those memes from? That's a good point. See. Every college yeah, has something to offer. He's he's about to be the Saints starter, so that shouldn't be too bad. And, and, and he got his eyes replaced. So, his you know. bionic eyes. 
<laughs> yeah. Imagine. They should just took James. James in college could eyes. not see anything, and he was that good. So imagine what he's going to be like now, being able to see. Yeah, but what if it's what if it's like the opposite? What if the reason he was like good, halfway decent, was because of his bad eyesight, and now that he sees things, he'll be worse. I don't know. Yeah, maybe he'll get distracted more easily because he'll be able to see other things going on in the stands and in the background. Well, who knows? You never know. I know we don't. And so for the sake of my fantasy teams, I'd like him to do well. With that, we're going to end the show because no one needs to hear about Jameis Winston. Eh, You know. Okay, fine. Maybe some people need to, but not from us. Public public seafood managers probably do. So that's Kyle Foley. Them and their UCF degrees. And that's Brad Newton. I'm Austin David. Thanks again for tuning in to another edition of the Orlando Soccer Show. We'll see you next week. Maybe. Maybe. I'll be out of town, so we'll see if we record a show next week. Until then, have a good one. We'll see you later. You're dirty brown water trash, and you're always going to be dirty brown water trash.